welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Happily Ever After Cinderella, made in 1995, which we're calling the animated Latina Cinderella. For those of you who are having flashbacks to our fake Mexican Cinderella, this was much better. This was much better. I was happier about this one by far. Oh, for sure. So I have a couple of fun notes for this one before we get super started. Do you have any fun notes? I don't have any fun notes, so please share yours. Okay. So first of all, the narrator for this is Robert Guillem. Guillem? We're pronouncing that Guillem, I guess. Robert Guillem. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, it's the, he's the voice actor who voiced Rafiki in The Lion King. So this is Rafiki from The Lion King telling us a Cinderella story that is set in Mexico or possibly Spain, but I think Mexico. They never tell us where it's set. They call it a magnificent kingdom. They do, but she's wearing a huaracha at the end, which is like a traditional Mexican shoe. Oh, that's true. So I, I think it is Mexico. It could also just be made up. It could also just be made up, yeah. The stepmother is voiced by Raquel Welsh. Which um, is bananas. Yeah. Uh, the fairy godmother is voiced by Liz Torres, who is Miss Patty on the Gilmore Girls. Oh my god. And Cinderella is voiced by Zaf- Daphne Zuniga, who was in Spaceballs as Princess Vespa. So um, we had an interesting experience. This was a this was a ride. I had a I had a very mixed experience. So how does this nonsense start, darling? We begin with a weirdly dark, like thundery intro, and we mm-hmm. see a castle, and we get a voiceover telling us that once upon a time in a magnificent kingdom, there was a nobleman uh, who had a beautiful young daughter named Cinderella. It appears that that is her actual name. He is a widower and he married another widowed woman of high society who he hoped would care for his daughter when his work required him to leave for, it doesn't say how long, but he's gone the entire time. Yeah. He doesn't die in this. He's just not there. Well, it's not stated that he's dead. Yes. Is that not what I said? That's absolutely what you said. I don't know why I said that. Cut all of this. (laughs) I'm a dum-dum. So while we're getting this voiceover, we're also seeing Cinderella and the stepsisters and the stepmother. The animation on this is bizarre. The version that we found was uploaded to YouTube, so it was a little bit uh, pixelated and choppy, which I'm pretty sure is just an artifact of how it was uploaded to YouTube. But the animation style is really strange. I have in my notes that it looks like Aladdin, but terrible. It looks a little bit like the style that they used for the Proud Family, if anyone remembers that. But like more angular. Yeah. And more exaggerated. Yeah, so let's let's describe these characters for a for a hot second. Cinderella has a long braid, it's black, it goes past her butt. She has sort of a heart-shaped face. She's just slender and kind of pretty. She's not dirty at all. She's wearing a brown dress with a brown apron, like a lighter brown apron, and just sandals, huarachas. The stepmother is 
her face is made of plastic. It's very stretchy. It morphs. It melts at one point. She's um, very expressive, and her expressions are like extreme. Like she's either very, very happy or very, very angry. Yes, a lot of expression on her face in a horrible kind of way. Uh, just deeply uncomfortable to watch someone's eyeballs just melt out of their skull onto their face. It's not quite that bad, but man, it was, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> did the stepsisters get names? Because I didn't get them if they did. No, I don't think they were named. Wow, fascinating. Normally we get named stepsisters. They're the most commonly named character. Anyways, so we have a short fat one and a tall skinny one as we normally do. And their faces um, are really exaggerated, especially compared to Cinderella's. Yes. They are practicing being aggressively nice to their stepfather as he rides away. Just, I'll cry you a river of tears. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll cry so many tears that I'll drown myself. Well, I'll... It just, they go on. This is just their running shtick, is that whatever one says, the other one will agree, but top it. It's, it's an aggressive yes-and relationship. Yes. And the, the voiceover is telling us that the stepmother has taken good care to coach her daughters on how to behave nicely to the father while he is present. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he rides away, one of the stepsisters is like, oh, thank goodness he's gone. If I had to smile anymore, my face would have cracked. And the other stepsister makes fun of her and says that would be an improvement. Yes. So the stepmother is referred to as uh, Madrasta. And they all go back into the house. And just as Cinderella is about to come into the house, uh, La Madrasta slams the door shut in her face. Very mean. The background illustrations on this are very interesting because they're just very simple. Mm -hmm. So they're not super rich and lush, uh, but they're not too minimalistic. I had a hard time really noticing them. I did too. I, that's why I'm like sitting here quietly while you're talking because I can't think of a single thing to say about them. Yeah, I just, they, they were bizarre, but not in like a noticeable way. At one point I noticed there was a fence and I was like, okay, that's a fence and that's it. Yeah. For background. Yeah, the backgrounds were completely forgettable. So we cut to the palace. Well, oh, so do we not? the narration tells us that Cinderella was overworked with endless chores and she never complained which I have questions about right that's correct we see her washing uh laundry a very very large blue dress with lighter blue polka dots and um hanging things out to dry you guys know this stuff you know that Cinderella does chores we can move on yeah so we get now uh, the palace uh, where the king and his son are talking. <laughs> the king is a tiny man who is not fat. He's a thin man with a little goatee. He is wearing the most massive sombrero that has ever existed in the history of the universe and a weird cape thing. I think as the king, you just get the biggest hat. That's how it works. Okay. That, that kind of, I'm tying that in with other things now about the king and the... Um, the new terrible Cinderella having his throne be taller. Maybe it's because he didn't get a bigger hat and so he was mad and wanted his throne to be taller. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so he's complaining that his son is not married. His son is Felipe. But we find out that 
Philippe actually has a really good reason for not being married. <laughs> Talon, do you want to talk about sure. <laughs> the prince's really fabulous reason for remaining single? So the king is going after him like all the other kin- kings have grandchildren already and you're not even married. And Prince Felipe goes, well, I've only like ever been to battle, to battle this army or conquer this land. How am I supposed to meet a girl unless I see a sword brandishing senorita? Otherwise, my chances are pretty slim. And the king's like, ah, okay, yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like, ah, good point. You should, you should mingle. That's a and great way to meet. And the prince says, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> this war and conquering stuff is not for me. Yeah, and the king uh, agrees with this. And it's like, yeah, I know you were always terrible with the sword and crossbow and even just walking in a straight line just (laughs) it was Uh, very charming it was great I laughed so the king has a bit of a think and comes up with it they'll throw a ball and they'll invite all the eligible women and they'll even come from other fairy tales which I was really hoping was going to play out in a fun way which did not no that never comes back The king announces that the ball is going to be in honor of the prince's many victories on the battlefield because they don't want it to be too obvious that this is like a meat market, but it is 100% that. And the invitation is. And the invitation bears that out later on. Solid gold. Solid gold. We'll get to it. I think all the invitations should be like that in the future. (laughs) So the king is like, yeah, you know, you'll mingle with all the ladies and maybe you'll find one and you'll like her, and then you'll get married, and then you'll have kids. And the prince goes, that's a lot to do in one night. And that's how that scene ends, with them um, plotting the ball. And the prince is, like, pretty into it. He is into it. But but what I love is that he goes, hey, that's kind of a lot to do in one night. And his father, the king, goes, that's what it means to be royal. I'm like, really? Wow. Birthing a child in one night. Interesting. Interesting. I missed that. I was like writing that down. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the king responds with like, well, it's our job as royalty. It was a weird line, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> so we then cut to somewhere. It would be nice if there was an establishing shot that let us know where we are now, but there's not. The outline of a mouse, an invisible mouse, runs up a staircase. Uh, it turns out that it is gray, but it was a gray mouse, badly animated on gray stairs. So it looked invisible. And I was really confused for a long time. I couldn't tell there was a mouse. I just heard squeaking. And it was like, is there a squirrel in the house? What are we doing? What's happening? Yeah. It gets caught in the trap. Its tail gets caught. Uh, and we find out now that we are at Cinderella's house because Cinderella shows up and releases it. And, and she specifically says that it's her stepmother's trap. Yeah, and so she says, no, go away, you'll be safe or something, and it runs away, but then stops and bows to her, you know, As like mice, mice do. do. <laughs> and so she's bringing tea to her step family, and they're hollering at her because the door is being knocked on enthusiastically, and she's not answering it because she's in the process of bringing them tea. So she answers it, and it is the royal messenger, and he is bearing the invitation to the ball. Talon, Talon, please tell me you wrote this down. I wrote some of this down. So after the regular details of like what it is and where it is and all of that, it goes into uh, a description of the prince as a single royal male who's seeking a single attractive senorita 
he's hoping that she's kind, sincere, and willing to be queen someday. It's a singles ad. It's just it's just a singles ad. Royal Prince likes battling such and such, likes doing this, searching for a single female, looking for a long-term relationship. I it was cute. And I like that he's upfront about like you're gonna have to be queen at some point. You gotta be okay with that. Also, this is sort of what I'm like. I'm into, you know, these three things just on a real quick, you know, singles ad. Yeah. I didn't write down the three things that he's into, so I feel like I don't know him well. It doesn't matter. The point is that he put out a singles ad as an invitation to a party, and I think that all of the party invitations should be singles ad from now on. (laughs) I I think that should be what happens. I love it. It was very cute. So the stepsisters are fighting over just whatever they fight over. That's just sort of what they do. And Cinderella is waving some evil lizards who are hiding under the table i say i say evil lizards because they're making evil smiles at one another and rubbing their hands together maniacally you can't tell whose side the lizards are on they're iguanas they're very big they change in size they change in size but they're just there suddenly just hanging out underneath like a table or a chair Mm -hmm. and i was like what are the iguanas doing are we are we gonna address that and, and we do yes. eventually eventually so the stepsisters are fighting over who's going to end up with a prince like oh he's gonna fall in love with me no he'll have his hands full with me that's because you're fat like just that sort of things and then they describe the crazy gowns that they're gonna have and the fat one is like i'm gonna have a gown that's pink with red polka dots and orange stripes it's the one that i wore at my quinceanera and the tall one is like i'm gonna have blue with peacock feathers and bright green sequins and they're, this is I actually wild. wrote down the actual thing she says. Oh, did you? Good, because I, I did. Die. She wants green stripes and peacock feathers with a yellow daisy print and purple glitter. That reminds me of that one prom dress that we all tried on that one time when we were all trying on prom dresses that looked so <laughs> dumb on you and our other friend. And just insane, just green and pink and orange and teal floof. And so y'all both tried it on and it just looks stupid as hell. And I tried it on and you were both just like, that looks okay on you. Yeah, it like weirdly worked. Yeah. So anyways, that was the only thing I could picture was just like that dress. <laughs> <laughs> so Cinderella asks if she can go to the ball, but her her voice has been pretty normal up till now, but she delivers this line like she's been stoned, like she's drugged. She just may I go to the ball? Just, she looks like, she sounds like she's been sedated. I didn't notice that at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. A couple of times, she just delivers a random line in a much lower and slower tone of voice, and it was always really confusing for me. Huh. So the stepmother says, well, why should I? And Cinderella responds with, well, you know, I, I did all your chores and your laundry, and I cleaned the house, and I made dinner. Dinner's been knocked to the floor, and she says, I mean, I can make dinner again. And the stepmother says, well, the only thing that really matters is that it's my choice whether you get to go or not. And you, you don't get to go. At which point, the iguanas attack the stepsisters. Yeah. And now they're the size of Komodo dragons. They're, they're very big suddenly. They're huge. And they chase the stepsisters around who shriek in terror at being attacked by Komodo dragons. 
they're hissing too mm -hmm. big long tongues long tails very well done iguanas actually and accurate iguanas actually bite and their bites really hurt Cinderella says it's just a harmless iguana, at which point one of the iguanas bites a stepsister on the butt. Yep. Uh, the iguanas at this point are now back to being about the size of big cats. Uh, they were they were Komodo dragon sized for a second, but now they're back to being like cat sized. So Cinderella opens the door for them and they just kind of go out the door. And that's what yeah. happens with the iguanas. Yep. And the stepmother then says that Cinderella must spend every waking second attending to her daughters to make sure that they're ready for the ball. Well, the and iguanas like chill in the window watching this happen. They do, they do. And I was wondering why they were doing that. Oh, and why were they doing that, Liv? Well, it was because they had a song to sing, Talon. <laughs> Out of nowhere. We had an iguana musical number in the Cinderella and the Cinderella was 23 minutes long. We had two musical numbers, it turns out. But basically, uh, a mariachi song starts up, and I go, oh, no. Oh, no. And then it just starts up right away with these two iguanas singing in actually a fairly beautiful duet. Life is a breeze when you're a long-tailed green iguana. And it just goes downhill from there. And we see glimpses of cinderella like doing her chores or like cooking or picking i think apples at one point but it's all through their point of view and they're all and they're just singing about like how they like to eat and how food is good mm -hmm. this is a list of food we like song yes and then they kind of walk away yep i will say of musical numbers that come out of nowhere relate to nothing add nothing and make no sense this one was fine i didn't i was very confused but i wasn't mad about it like it was an okay song it was fairly short they sang nice duets it was about food i it took me a while to accept what was happening and then once i got over the fact that in the 20 minute cinderella <laughs> they allotted like i don't know what three minutes two iguanas singing a song about being iguanas when that's not part of the story at all nope we really wanted to title this thing the iguana cinderella because that is what we're going to remember about this but we thought yes. you guys might be confused and think that cinderella was an iguana so we we declined but there was a heated discussion there was so now we're back into our actual human-based cinderella story um yes, it is the night we're back at the, at the house <laughs> The fat stepsister is wearing pink. The tall one is wearing blue. They both have these weird sort of McDonald's arches headdresses. They're just a little bizarre. Their dresses are actually like very normal and very nice looking. It's just that the sisters themselves are kind of awful. Yeah. The, the dresses also do not match the hysterical descriptions that we got, which I was a little bit upset about because I wanted to see those. I, I think Cinderella made their dresses maybe and mm. like her good taste prevailed. Okay, I'll accept that. So Cinderella, again, sort of asks if she can go to the ball. And the stepmother responds with, don't you have mildew somewhere that needs to be scrubbed with a toothbrush? And they all cackle and get into their carriage. Their carriage, by the way, is driven by Cortez from the road to El Dorado. Is just, it? I mean, that's what he looks like. He's absolutely just dressed as Cortez from the road to El Dorado. Incredible. I just noticed that the carriage was very black and sleek. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like interesting. Interesting the, choice. Yeah, the coachman's just wearing full-on like conquistador armor. I was baffled. I mean, to be fair, that sounds pretty baffling. <laughs> so they say adios, don't wait up, and they drive off. And Cinderella looks after them and goes, Oh well, a ball's a ball. He'll be another prince, and he'll throw a ball someday, and he'll definitely go to that one. And it was yep. very sad. It was sad. And she has a teardrop fall off her face. And once it hits the floor, it turns sparkly and magic happens. And because the animation was really choppy, I don't know how they animated it. But there was sparkly sounds. And then the fairy godmother shows up. I have glitter tornado. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's definitely a fast whirlwind motion. And we, we meet our fairy godmother who is not a full-sized person. She flies, and she is about half the size of a person, but she is proportioned uh, like a troll doll, just mostly head. Okay, you say she's half the size of a person, but at one point she flies up to talk to Cinderella face-to-face, and she's roughly the size of Cinderella's head. She also changes size. She changes size a lot, because we see her next to Cinderella, and she reaches the bottom of her rib cage and then again you're correct we see her floating by cinderella's head and she's the size of her head and then she's somewhere in between no one in this movie had any idea how big anything was in relationship to anything else it's kind of incredible because like how do you not decide how tall someone's gonna be in proportion to everything and then just wing it on an animation it's so expensive to animate things how did you not sit down and decide that in the design stage I have no idea. Uh, but this, this fairy godmother has um, an interesting backstory. We find out <laughs> that she used to be a tooth fairy, which is why her entrance is so bad, because she's used to having to get in and out of places very fast. She says she got promoted to being a fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. This is her which first gig. Im- which implies some sort of fairy hierarchy that I'm fascinated by. That ties in with our concept of doctoral programs where you have to do certain things when you get promoted so I like that this ties into that yes that's another point for us can you describe her (laughs) because I can't yeah she's got like a mohawk she's very round she has very round features she has a little beauty mark she's got a and I'd like to speak to the manager haircut but like a super intense one and it's black her hair is just standing up like vertically and then like there's a part in it and then part of it like goes down again it's really weird I've got mohawk in here at one point she's wearing a dress that's very floofy as well sometimes her feet stick out of the bottom of it sometimes she stops having legs so Mm -hmm. did um, she have little wings did I imagine that she has little wings okay because sometimes it looked like she had them and sometimes they were very small so when she was standing facing the camera I guess you couldn't really see them yeah they they kind of came and went as well my notes now go, oh good, another song. So Fairy Godmother sings about how she's going to get Cinderella ready for the ball. And she throws her wand at Cinderella. And the wand standing vertically just circles Cinderella frantically very fast for a while. But nothing happens. Um, no. And then they go from being inside the house to being outside just underneath the moon. And they Mm -hmm. kind of dance together to the song that the fairy godmother is singing, which is all about how every eye will be on her and she's going to have like a wonderful time. Things like that. Yeah. She turns our mouse friend from earlier 
into a massive cat about the size of a tiger, just a huge cat. The song is also a demo of what she can do. So she's bragging that she can turn a mouse into a cat and she can make it day or make it night. She can make a candle into electric light, which I I understand that that rhymes, but I was weird weird choice. She she also turns three fleas into a mariachi band, which I was really concerned by because our fake Mexican Cinderella had fleas turning into donkeys. And I was really concerned that that was going to come back. So I was on the edge of my seat for a couple of minutes. Then we turn our cat back into a mouse. So that whole thing was pointless. We didn't need that. Yeah, that doesn't go anywhere other than the fact that Cinderella picks up the cat and like does some spins with it. Yep. So finally we finish our song. The fairy godmother loses her legs at one point. It just, it makes me really unhappy because up until now her shins and feet have poked out from the bottom of her dress, which again, she's floating and now they don't. So I can only assume in some terrible magical accident, she accidentally vanished her legs off of herself and is just not telling anybody about it because she doesn't want to lose points. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So she says she needs a pumpkin and says, you must have a pumpkin patch around here somewhere. And Cinderella goes, nope. (laughs) And the fairy godmother is like, hmm, you could have made this easier for me, man. And then she says, pumpkin schmumpkin, these will do just fine. And then she just lifts up with magic some of the random vegetables that are growing in the patch in front of them. And she calls them ingredients for guacamole dip, which immediately made me want guacamole. Yes. My immediate response was, there's no avocado. What she turns into the coach is a head of garlic, a gourd, and a tomato. Several tomatoes. That, that's not... None of those was, a, was an avocado, which you, you really... You really do need to have an avocado for guacamole. You can put lots of things in guacamole, but if you don't have an avocado, it stops really being guacamole. I don't know why I'm so mad about this. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still just thinking about guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> so the the carriage kind of looks like a head of garlic still. I was not impressed with the carriage. It didn't look like a carriage very much. It looks like a cheap knockoff of the one that we got in the original Disney Cinderella in the sense that it still looks very vegetable-like but it's white now and it's, I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, so the fairy godmother decides that they need horses and looks around and asks, what can I turn into horses? And a couple of mice show up and seem to volunteer for the job. They do. It is the mouse that Cinderella rescued and his mouse friend. Who I don't think we've seen before. But We've never seen before. And then she decides that they need a driver and a footman. And the camera pans to the sleeping iguanas and Cinderella kind of giggles and is like, yes. I was really happy about the iguanas. I was really concerned they were going to be fleas. However, I stopped being happy about the iguanas immediately because they get turned into iguanas who are wearing fancy footmen uniforms, but they're still iguanas. They just became bigger and they walk on their hind legs. And we only saw them for a second because they popped onto the carriage during their transformation and just panned past them. And I just couldn't process what I was seeing. Me neither. Like, they're they're still lizards. Uh, We see them later when she's arriving at the ball and leaving, but they still have tails. They're Mm -hmm. still 100% just big green lizards wearing butler outfits. So that was such a bizarre decision. Because the mouse turn, the mice turn into horses. The mice don't turn into big mice. The horses look very normal. 
yeah, they just look like horses. It was fine. So then the fairy godmother says, I'm saving the best for last. Let's see your beautiful ball gown. And she waves her wand and we see Cinderella and Cinderella is wearing a full-on 15th century suit of armor. And she says, could we try something a bit dressier? And the fairy godmother goes, this is a leftover from my nephew's birthday party. And then she switches her wand again and Cinderella's wearing a pink ballerina outfit. And the fairy godmother goes, oh, I know a ballerina who's very mad at me right now. Does that mean that she magic the clothes off of a ballerina somewhere? I took it to mean that if she still has the ballerina outfit, that means that she sent the ballerina out in something wrong. Okay, I like that better because I was really concerned. Because she said that the suit of armor was left over from the birthday party. So I feel like they exist somewhere and she's just pulling them. And so she realizes that she has a ballerina's outfit. So now the ballerina is missing that outfit. Okay, good. Oh, I like that so much better. Thank you for saving that for me. Yes, of course. So she switches the dress one more time. And now we get Cinderella's actual dress. It's pretty. I really liked how they showed it to us because they did a close-up of the floral pattern on the black background first. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like swings and swishes and you see that it's the fabric of her skirt and then it like shows the whole dress. I mm-hmm. thought that was very nice. Me too. It was a good reveal. It's got two flounces. So it has a lower flounce and an upper flounce. It's got a sweetheart neckline. It's got like two shoulder straps. It looks good on her. It's a pretty dress. It's very flowy. I liked it. She's got little purple earrings now. They didn't change her hair at all, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. So she's getting ready to go and the fairy godmother goes, wait, I can't send you in harachas because she sees that she's wearing these sandals. And Talon and I both had a moment of, oh no. Not again. Not again. (laughs) But no, no. This fairy godmother is a good fairy godmother and she turns them into pink glass pumps. And we were like, fantastic, perfect, not glass sandals. I love it. That's perfect. Great job. I literally wrote in my notes in all caps, thank God, because I genuinely thought we were going there again. I was so worried just for a second because I I had forgotten about that. I'd managed to excise it from my mind until that moment. So Cinderella gets in the coach and begins to leave. And the fairy godmother gives a blood-curdling war cry of a shriek. And says, wait, I forgot to tell you that you have to be home by midnight. And then as the carriage is like driving away, we get a shot of the fairy godmother saying, don't forget, whatever you do, don't forget. And it seemed like it was going to have like more weight. Yeah. But it didn't. It doesn't. She was very uh, emotional about the whole thing. It, it seemed like very. It seemed almost tragic. It seemed like she was expecting something terrible to happen. Yeah. But nothing terrible happens. Like, it's just the regular Cinderella story. Yeah. So our next scene, we get a royal servant yelling, program, get your royal ball program here. And it's just pictures of the prince, his first step and his first royal stallion. And they're just giving those out, which is incredible. Yep. There's a party. And because the animation was really jerky, We don't really see a lot of the people at the party and I can't really describe them, but they're all like very different from each other. And I was impressed that they drew different people instead of all the same people. And they're like multicultural, which I like. Yeah, we were, we were happy about this. Yeah. 
um, they seem to have different outfits and they're all like different heights and body types and everything. Yeah. But it hands past them very quickly. Yeah. The prince and the king are welcoming everyone, all the ladies as they come in. And the two stepsisters are coming up next and they're doing their thing again where one is like, he winked at me and the other one's like, well, he blew me a kiss earlier. And you can see the prince's face kind of like change. And he gets up and he, I think he meant to walk past them, but they hug him as he tries to escape. And yeah. he's just going, senoritas, please. We should describe the prince because I realized that we have not done this. Oh my goodness, we didn't. Poor Philippe. So uh, Philippe is tall and slender. He has a very weird hair thing going on. It's not a mullet exactly, but it's long hair but it's not like flowing long hair it's no all... it's a mullet he has it's, like a, a, a mullet that's brushed back yeah he's got a brushed back mullet so it was a weird choice he's got a goatee he's got a very large forehead so he's got a very weirdly upside down triangular face uh, it's a little strange um, yeah his chin is like very pointed so his face just looks kind of like he doesn't have much of a chin yeah it was a choice. And he, he's not wearing military uniform for once. He's just wearing, you know, a flowy sleeved white shirt dress with green trousers. He looks normal. It's nice. So as the stepsisters are fighting over the prince, uh, Cinderella pulls up, driven by iguanas still. just Still, still iguanas. iguanas. One of whom opens the carriage door for her. And we get like a nice long shot of his iguana face. Yeah. Everybody oohs and ahs as she enters the room. The prince literally shoves the stepsisters off of him, which I thought was pretty funny. And then the crowd parts for the prince, but the sound is stampeding footsteps. So that was pretty funny for me. The sound design on this was very interesting. They made a lot of choices. They, they, they really went all in on the sound. When the fairy godmother was singing her song, we kept getting like sparkly magic sound effects, even when oh, nothing yeah. was happening. Yep. And then... Later on, when the glass slipper falls, you hear it clank multiple times as it oh. goes down the steps. Oh, yeah. Just more times than you would expect. And it sounds like more clanky and glass-like. It's, it's just very weird. strange. Strong decision. Yeah, very bold choices. So the prince runs to Cinderella and grabs her hand and kisses it. And they start dancing, which is nice for a little bit because we just watch them sort of spinning from, mm -hmm. you know, eye level. The stepmother's mad about it, of course, uh, and her makes her big plastic face expressions. And we continue to watch them dance, uh, but we move into an aerial shot, at which point it stopped being fun, because from above, it looks like they're wrestling. <laughs> and the magic of the moment vanished for me. What little there was, just gone. I didn't mind that. I like that they dance. I like that they dance onto the balcony for their next scene. All of that is cute. I want to do like a quick clarification. The stepmother has not, does not seem to understand that this is Cinderella. Oh, yes. Sorry. One of the stepsisters is like, who is that? And the stepmother just glares angrily. But Cinderella just looks exactly the same. Like, she didn't even have to wash her face. And she's still wearing her hair the same way, which is how I identify people. Yeah, that's absolutely how I identify people, too. I was surprised that there was no dirt on her face at any point. She's never smudgy. Mm-hmm feel like you should be smudgy if you're a Cinderella in the beginning. You should have at I least one so. smudgy scene. I think so. So they get onto the balcony and they're just looking out over the kingdom 
and we see shots of the castle, the exterior multiple times, and it's kind of high up on like a mountainy kind of thing. So they're overlooking and it's, it's a beautiful view. You can see all the little houses with the lights on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the prince goes, I've admired this view countless times, but it's never been as magical as it seems with you. And Cinderella tells him that everything has been magical for her and she wishes it would never end. And the prince goes, it doesn't have to end. And he leans in to kiss her. And it was very romantic. But then the clock strikes midnight. And before he can kiss her, Cinderella has to run. And she does the whole thing where her shoe gets left behind. The prince is following her. But she gets into her carriage and makes it a good enough distance down the road before the carriage goes poof and the magic wears off. And the prince should be able to see that, but he doesn't. I I have to chime in for just a second. So we get a sad shot of Cinderella in her coach, sad that she has to leave the prince behind. And we know this because she is looking out of the rear view window of the coach. Yes. And I was, it's just that full, it's the shot of sadly looking out of the rear view window of your vehicle at someone that you're driving away from, but it's a coach and it had a rear view window. And for some reason, I fixated on that. Like, why would you need a rear? Coaches can't go backwards. No. (laughs) They don't, they only go forwards. Something to ponder. I want to know. So Cinderella and the various animals end up in a bush hiding from the prince who is standing, I don't know, like 30 feet away. Yeah. But it works. He picks up the shoe. He looks out into the distance. And the narration tells us Prince Felipe could not rest. He would not rest, not even a wink. He was determined to find the mysterious woman whose foot would fit the shoe. So he formed a small army. He's clenching the shoe in his fist, by the way. He's got his hand around the middle part of the shoe and is just clenching his fist around it, which sometimes in animations, they really play up how tiny the shoe is. They do not do that here, but I'm also very- It's just a regular shoe. It's just a regular shoe. In fact, it's kind of large-ish, but I just love the concept that he's just clenching his hand around this glass shoe. (laughs) I was more focused on the army bit. I was also immediately distracted by the army, but for a second, I was very focused on the shoe. So. I understand having lots of people help you in the search like that seems very effective and efficient and all those other good words but why an army yep and then the king reminds him that this isn't a military operation and not to go killing anyone and prince felipe says i will do whatever it takes to find that woman I, there are so many implications to that pair of lines because like what we, is happening? I don't know, because we know that the prince is bad with all things military. We know this. It's been thoroughly established. But somehow his father is still afraid he's going to murder somebody. And the prince, who up until now has been like, I'm not a very warlike person. I would much rather mingle. Is now like, I will murder everyone to find this girl. <laughs> is, just, this your, is this your shoe? No, murder. I, I don't understand how you could use murder to achieve your goal here. I I don't know. I don't know. I want to talk about it more. We'll have to do that in the after party. Okay. 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 We'll put a pin in the murder. Pin in the murder. So now we go on our shoe montage, which we do at least get a shoe montage. But it starts with the most horrible upskirt shot of a very blonde fat lady with braids and the royal 
shoe tryer on her is gagging and trying to put the shoe on her polka dotted feet. As she's breathing heavily. It's horrible. And we are, by the way, we are directly at her crotch looking completely up. So we don't see anything we shouldn't. But the view is deeply uncomfortable. It's just a weird angle that they chose. It's definitely like the shoe tryer's point of view. Yes, he's looking up at her, but he's anyway. It's it's I... weird. The sound mixing again is a lot of just panting breaths. Yeah, as she's struggling to get the shoe on. When Liv said polka dotted foot, she is not wearing like a sock or a oh, stocking. No. That is just part of the design of her foot to imply to us that her foot is gross in some way. Yes. So they just drew circles on it. Mm-hmm. I think they're supposed to be moles, probably. But they were big circles. They were big circles. Who knows? Literally, <laughs> maybe they were iguanas. So uh, we then get the rest of our shoe montage with a bunch of people in line, all with terrible feet with polka dots. And it's a line of women. They're all differently designed. We pan past them very quickly. But at the end of the line, it's a dude. I missed that. There's a guy at the end of the line who's just like, got a full beard but is wearing a dress and is just sort of winks at the camera like i'm gonna marry the prince and be royalty you gotta shoot your shot uh, you gotta like go for it man this this is not the first time we've seen like <laughs> guys show up and be like i'm near cinderella now <laughs> like hey man you're definitely i not would the watch blonde that dude. me too why can't we have that i would like the adventures of cinderella who just brazens his way into a royal marriage <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then just the prince slowly realizes that he's just been living in a society that just has very strictly enforced gender roles and that he doesn't need to live so constrictedly and discovers that he's in love with this guy. That's beautiful. I would watch the hell out of that. It'd be amazing. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, so, right. <laughs> so lots of different people are trying on the shoe and then it's a very like quick transition but we're now in Cinderella's house and the stepsisters are trying on the shoes as the prince kind of covers his eyes because of all the feet well. I guess yeah so the fat stepsister tries on the shoe and it pops off her room and kind of pings around the room and you know it bounces like glass does yeah And somebody catches it, it's fine, nothing shatters. The shoe tryer on her says step aside fat foot, which I thought was very rude. I thought that was the tall sister that said that. Oh, oh, that's so much better. Yeah, that's the tall, I was like, what? No, that's the tall sister shoving the fat one out of the way. Oh my God. I literally thought that this man had been through so many like trying, (laughs) shoe trying on things that he just like doesn't have a filter anymore just snapped <laughs> no wow no. okay no. we were watching different movies for a second <laughs> oh god so uh the tall stepsister squeezes her foot in the shoe and it's like bunched up in the middle but she got it on and she walks over to the prince and kind of throws herself on him but then the shoe pops off again and it flies right into cinderella's hands and she goes hang on hang the on. shadows yes she cradles it like a baby she catches it and just sort of holds it in her arms and then just sort of rocks it for a little bit she like squeezes it to her chest sure 
she is indeed in the shadows so sorry continue yes so from the shadows she says may i try it on your highness and he says come out where i can see you and she steps out of the shadows and he doesn't seem to recognize her as the woman that he almost made out with but he does see that she's pretty so he goes yes you may try on the glass slipper yeah that was a weird thing to include that didn't go anywhere i wanted her to either stay in the shadows right and then you get the big reveal yeah or come out and he's like oh it's you or i I don't know that could have been fiction a number of different ways but it was bizarre how they played it because they set up several things and then failed to knock down all of them yeah so the stepmother says you can't want this dirty cinder wench to try it on and she grabs the shoe from cinderella and tugs it away but cinderella holds onto it and tugs it back which i really liked And the stepmother was very shocked and kind of steps aside and Cinderella sits down and she sticks out her regular looking foot and the prince puts it on her. And then Cinderella goes, yes. Yep. Baby fist pump. It was great. And the stepmother and stepsisters all gasp and the stepsisters are in the back now arguing about how they knew it the whole time that they knew she was going to be royalty. Well, you only know that because I told you she was going to be a princess. Just, you know, their thing. Mm -hmm. And the stepmother just faints dead away. Cinderella and the prince hug, by the way, when the shoe fits. It's nice. I like the hug. Yes. We then get our voiceover again, uh, our narrator telling us that they got married. Cinderella's back in her black floral gown that she wore to the ball to get married in. Mm-hmm. So they get married. The king is crying. Yes. Tears of Presumably joy. Presumably from happiness. And then the narrator tells us, as for her stepfamily, Cinderella wasn't one to hold a grudge. But the visuals that we get are the iguanas who are now back to being Komodo dragon-sized, chasing the stepmother and stepsisters around the garden and snapping at them with these big spiky teeth. So we get this voiceover about how Cinderella didn't do anything bad to them and they were allowed to just go back to their lives, but they're being eaten. And then we get the line, if we hold (laughs) our dreams the cinder ashes of life can be wiped clean we can have our happily ever after and then we were done i did not i did not think that that was the moral but okay me neither i did like the concept of the cinder ashes of life i feel like that came out of nowhere since at no point was cleaning the fireplace one of the things that she did but sure i would buy the focus on like dreams and wishes if cinderella had had an i wish song yeah but but we had to cut something to make room for, for that. It was on talent. <laughs> so you gotta have priorities. You gotta right, right. What was I thinking? Um, the both... most important things first. <laughs> we only had twenty three minutes. It was critical that we got that iguana on. <laughs> and we just pan into the setting sun, where the stepmother and stepsisters have been chased by dragons, presumably to be eaten. We're done now. The end. The end. So. I don't really even know how to start this, but highs and lows. Oh boy. Okay, so my high is that scene at the beginning where the king and the prince are talking about getting married. The the prince getting married, Mm -hmm. um, not marrying each other. That would be bizarre. And I liked that the king understood the prince's point and was kind of like, yeah, you're right. That does make sense. You haven't had a chance to meet a woman. Let's fix that. And I like that the prince was on board with the ball and that they kind of put their heads together and were planning it together. I thought all of that was very cute. 
I like the concept behind it and I liked how they executed it. So that's Agreed. my high. Agreed. That was fun. That mm-hmm. was a cool moment. I didn't like the shoe montage. I didn't like all the close-ups of feet and I didn't like how it started with the shot yeah. from the bottom of the woman panting and mm-hmm. it was very loud panting and it went on for a very long time. It did, yeah. I, I I'm also- not big on feet and like all the shots of feet were all bare feet and they were all like meant to be gross. They just really put a lot of effort in articulating the toes in the animation. Mm-hmm. So there was like a lot of toe action. So I didn't like that. How about you? Man, I don't know. I think my high, this is going to be sort of vague, but this is set in a Hispanic country, probably fictional. Everybody had very tasteful Mexican accents. Like the yes. accents were definitely Latino accents, but they were not a caricature. They were not overly done for comedic effect. They weren't done for comedic effect at all. There was nothing. Well, I was looking at the IMDb and it looks like most of the voice cast was Latino. Yeah, no, I, I was looking at that too. So it was just, it was really nice. It was nice to see a Mexican Cinderella that did not feel incredibly racist. I really liked that. Oh yeah, big fan. That, that made me happy. That I think that was my high. The uh, fear that I had that this was going to be another terribly racist one and then having it be not that. Mm-hmm. Um, How about your low? I think my low was, God, I'm trying to make up my mind now. I think my low was the fact that they didn't turn the lizards into people. <laughs> that was very distracting. Could also have been a high. It was just like the weirdest moment for me. But just like, why? Why did you leave? Surely it's harder to animate an iguana wearing a footman outfit than it is to animate just a generic humanoid two-legger why are you doing this to me and why are you zooming in on their horrible lizard faces and they had these big iguana pouch neck things which I didn't like they made me very uncomfortable so that that part okay not the song the song was fine yeah I have no problems with the song yeah weirdly I mean I don't think it should have been in there but it was also one of my favorite things yeah so I don't know what to do with that yeah, but just a bonus couple of minutes. So what would you change about this movie? I would have the prince recognize Cinderella when she steps out of the shadows because it was all set up for a dramatic reveal and then nothing happened. Absolutely. And Completely I also agree. don't like that he didn't recognize her because it was literally the other night and she hasn't changed her hair or her face and he was close enough to kiss her. So like... You should really notice, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? This is sort of a bigger change, but I would have liked it if sort of during the shoe trying on thing, the father came back. Oh yeah, what was up with the father? I don't know. Off on an extended business trip, I guess, since they didn't say that he was dead, which I feel like if they die, they make a big point of saying that they're dead. So I would have loved it if he had rolled back and sort of, you know, for the stepmother to have a this dirty cinder wench you can't go to the palace you're good for nothing you're useless and stupid and all you're good for is to clean just a barrage of just invective and vitriol and for the father to show up and hear that and be like oh ha we're done bye and then marry somebody nice and then the stepmother and stepsisters don't get eaten by size changing iguanas they just don't get to be rich and comfortable they have to go work for a living I'm curious that he wasn't in the epilogue either, where they showed the stepmother and the stepsisters kind of living their life, being beset by iguanas. 
where is he? Is he still on his business trip? Who knows? Who knows? We're going to talk about the father during the after party too. I have a lot of questions. I have about a lot him. of questions. Uh, do you think our listeners should watch this? If you can find a high quality version of it, yes. Like if it's the quality that we watched, then don't watch it. It, it was just like very difficult to watch something that was so grainy and basically was like almost like it didn't load all the way. I would definitely agree with you about the quality of the one that we watched. But yeah, also agree. I would say watch it anyways. This was fun. This was, it was cute. This was the Hispanic Cinderella that we wanted. Yes. Um, the Hispanic Cinderella of our dreams. Yes. This is the one that we wanted. This was lovely. We liked this. This was good. Give it a watch. It's 23 minutes. It's cute. You know, if you're bored, can't go to sleep. Had some laughs. Definitely laughed a few times. So, mm-hmm. and the Iguana song is genuinely kind of a riot. <laughs> like, I might go and listen to the Iguana song again. <laughs> so do you think you'll ever be watching this again? If I find like a high quality version of it, I would love to watch it again and really pay attention to the animation. Because I feel like it was almost like I was just listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will probably watch this again as well. If you find a better quality version, let me know. Otherwise, I'll probably just make people watch this on YouTube and be like, look at the iguanas. <laughs> so final grade. What are you giving this movie? I'm giving this a B plus. I think this was a very solid Cinderella. The flaws that I have with it are like nitpicky. Uh, it was fun. It was cute. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't like to give the exact same grade as you. But um, yeah, B plus. This was nice. This was well done. Yeah. You did a good job. Wow. I feel like this is the redemption, like a season in the making. I, I think so. Yeah. We're having a lot of uh, follow-up arcs. I like it. <laughs> well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So, Liv, what are we watching next time? I'm so excited. Next week, we're watching, I'm going to pronounce this wrong because it's in German, Der Wollerine Schuh from 1923. This is a really cool, old-school German Cinderella. I'm really excited. We haven't done anything super old this season yet. We've all been pretty modern, so I'm pumped to go back to ye olde times and watch whatever terrifying madness Germany has to offer us. I can't wait. It's going to be f